Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Super excited to have my buddy on today. Tried to tried to get him on for oh, God, I don't know how long now. Anyway, finally pinned him down. And give you a little background on on Randy. Randy and I we met. I mean, I don't know, thirty years ago, I think. And uh, uh, like a lot of people know that listen to the show, I didn't start rope until later in life. And uh, Randy was was one of the first guys that really uh you know taught me how to rope and uh we're going to talk about some some of the little stories and escapades and stuff that we that we had and and, and things we've gone through and done but uh one of the most important things is that uh, randy's an equine dentist and he's a world-renowned equine dentist and I'll, I'll let him explain everything that he does although i i got to have a first-hand look at his work um helped him a little bit here just recently uh when he came through arizona but we've been we've been friends a long time, and, and Randy's one of those friends of mine that uh, I may not talk to him for two years, but then when we start uh, we call each other or we hook up somehow, you know, it's just like we never missed a beat. And you know, I've I probably got five good friends I can count them all on one hand that I could really depend on, and and, and Randy's one of them, and uh, he's proved that over the years more than once. So um, anyway, without further ado, Randy, uh, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thanks, Dad. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to to be here today and uh, and visit with you on this. Yeah, I I know you didn't want to come on for quite a while, or you avoided me anyway. And then uh, I finally finally pinned you down. You you called me. What was it? Uh, oh gosh, uh, I don't know. Two weeks ago or whatever. And you're you're coming through Wickenburg, and you said yeah. you said, hey hey, you know somebody wants to work a couple of days, and. Uh, uh, you know, I said, doing what? And you said, holding horses. And I said, well, how much does it pay? And, and, uh, you know, and how hard is it? And you, you said, um, well, it's not too hard. You know, you just got to hold them, whatever. And anyway, so I said, well, I'll do it. So I actually went out with you for a couple of days to, uh, two different places. We went to, uh, 
Bob Avila's place. And anybody that knows anything about the, the horse world knows who Bob Avila is. And, uh, and then we also went to Todd, uh, B Matt's place too. Um, big guy in the cutting world, but, uh, anyway, so I got to see firsthand, uh, what, what you do and how, and in your work and, and you've done it for years. Um, and I've known about it, of course. And, and, uh, but I, I never really saw it firsthand. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the details of that, but let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, uh, you and, and when I first met you. I was raised on a ranch in North Dakota. Uh, we had a farm and ranch there in North Dakota. My, uh, daddy farmed several hundred acres and, uh, we had uh, beef cattle, about 300 some had a beef cattle farm that paid a lot. And he had uh, two studs and about 30 broodmares and horses been a part of my life since I could, even before I could walk, I guess. And uh, just been something uh, that I've always done and kept, uh, horses always kind of kept me grounded, and kept coming back to it, you know, tried a lot of other things. You know. Thought for a while there, I was uh, gonna, get off the ranch and be a construction guy that lasted <laughs> about a year. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I went back into the horse deal and, it, and I was the one that always had to get on the Colts and get, you know, spun around there. My dad would uh, get those horses, you know, hobbled up and legs tied up and halter broke and saddled. And back in the day, didn't have no round pen, had a square pen. <laughs> with hard ground and so those things were a little different i was the one that had to get on them all the time and then he had a course saddle horse pony him around there and he'd uh train those horses and get them sold and you know kept doing that every year and over the years i when i finally did leave home i i was pretty much that's all i did was want to you know start colts train horses show horses got into that for several years and uh, that kind of led into the horse dentistry in, uh, oh, I guess, uh, 1992. So it's kind of where I got started into that. When you and I met, though, it was, um, I mean, I, what was what year was that? I mean, we were talking about it the other day. but uh, I think I moved to California. I, well, I'd moved from North Dakota to Denver and trained showed horses for, for there for quite a while and moved to uh, Sacramento area, I guess, 90. Right. 1990, 91, somewhere, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, cause that's a, I remember 91. I was, uh, I, I think 90s when I met you and I was, uh, roping around that country then. And, uh, actually 91, I won the Oakdale 10 steer there. Uh, was quite a interesting deal. And then, uh, a year later, 92 is when I, I met, uh, well, Scott Sellen was a, another fellow from North Dakota and he, uh, I worked for his dad for years and roped the sales guys. And before I had moved to Denver and, uh, he got hooked up with a guy named Jimmy Ferguson from, uh, Nebraska. And Jimmy had just learned dentistry from the guy that started the school or teaching people years ago, I guess now 30 something years ago. Mm-hmm. And Scott got hooked up with him and, and that's how I I got into it. They came to California for the rodeos in the spring, and 
I was pretty amazed at what they were showing me about the dentistry. And, and then, of course, you and I had roped together and done stuff and bought and sold horses together. And that was good times. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I don't even remember exactly how, how we met. If, if you, cause you were, you were on a place in town there. Um, and in my, I had, yeah, I was staying with a guy by Rose or, uh, uh, by Roseville, what was Rock, that town? Rockland? There? Was it Rockland? Well, yeah, I was living in Rockland, but I kept my horses at Ray Miller's there. Yeah. Uh, and then I think uh, I just, I met you because I was trying to find a, a chiropractor, and that's how I first met you. Okay, that's right. And, uh, because I needed to get my back worked on, and then one thing led to another, and, and then that's how we kind of got, got hooked up with the roping and the horse deal. Yeah, and so then because um, I was selling horses then and riding, training horses, selling horses there, buying and selling horses. Right, because I, I bought several horses from you, and my brother did and stuff. So I, I let's let's talk about a couple of 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 the our experiences and things we've done. So so one thing is I was just really I was learning to rope at that time. So you you were you had to teach right. me a lot of stuff about roping. And you remember when I used to hang on to my rope. Uh, I was started out heading and I'd hang onto my rope when I'd go to Dally and get my hand slammed in the horn all the time. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we're at the, where you had your horses over there at Ray's that I remember it, the dust in that arena was so dry and dusty and we didn't have any water. And I remember roping over there, just having like dirt in my teeth and dirt everywhere. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and of course the I was, cowboy way. Yeah. <laughs> And I just remember I was young and cocky, and I think I gave you shit a lot too, probably. Uh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> I think probably a couple times you probably want to choke me, but um, I remember once, man, we we were uh, we'd been roping over there, and and I had been in practice just I don't know three years, maybe a couple of years, and uh, I had to go do a deposition for a PI thing. Anyway, I left. I remember just leaving the arena covered in dirt, dirt in my teeth, and my hand all taped up, and. I went to this deposition being all cocky in my office and thought it was all cool. But looking back on, I was pretty dorky, but uh, they thinking about another time when we were in, uh, when we were roping, uh, cause you, you moved uh, after you lived, how long did you, did you live in Loomis or the Sacramento area before you moved to Cottonwood? Oh, about a year. Yeah. And then I moved up to Cottonwood up north of Red Bluff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And you had, uh, did you at one time too, didn't you start like a, uh, a tax sales, company yeah tonight. i got into the you know when the ustrc roping started up quite a bit uh i got a, i ended up getting into that uh with the roping and uh, uh mobile tack trailer right and uh then from there a, a little store and a mobile tack trailer right and uh that's what i was doing for quite a while and you know still riding a lot of horses and that and uh and trying to give lessons, train outside horses and all. Yeah. That was prior to getting into dentistry. Yeah. And so then another, yeah. another time I remember just talking of hot, dusty arenas. Uh, I came up there and we were, we were opening Cottonwood on, on your place there. And you remember this. It was, I mean, I don't know, 150 basically. It seemed like Arizona weather. Well, it started, <laughs> it, it started out real good in the morning. And as the day went on, we just kept roping, I guess. Yeah. Got a little dehydrated. And, 
I think we loaded up some horses was going to go to her open somewhere or something. Well, we were heading back to, uh, we were heading back from Cottonwood to, yeah, to, uh, to Lincoln. And, uh, you said, hey, yeah. I got this great, uh, this great remedy for dehydration. And we stopped and got Gatorade, salt, and Pepto-Bismol. I think that's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you poured all that crap together and I'm looking at you going, ah, I don't know about this. And I've, I've, I've poured mine together too. You drank yours and I, I sipped a little bit of mine, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing all this. And I just know you got sicker than a freaking dog from doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to make a volcano. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Scientific. Shit. oh, that was funny, man. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, uh, yeah, that was quite the deal. Yeah, it was fun, but it was hot. Yeah. It was hot, man. I re- I remember just up there in Cottonwood, it just seemed like you, you couldn't even breathe. But of course, you know, roping so addictive. Well, at least it wasn't humid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it is here in Texas now, when it's hot yeah. and humid, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Anyway, after that, well, you know, like everybody, we we go through all sorts of things in our lives, and and uh, everybody's got things and struggles they go through, and we both we both had. Uh, uh, you know, things we went through and, and, uh, I had, uh, moved to Arizona in 94 and, uh, and then you and I ended up roping down here and we talked about this the other day. I couldn't even remember what arena it was at, but I, it was the first like, kind of big check I ever won in right. rope and, and, uh, we won, uh, well, we, we won fast time in, in one of the ropings and it paid like what we say, like eleven twenty-five a man or something like that, eleven fifty a man. No, I think it was fifteen. It was fifteen hundred a man. Is that what it was? Yeah, well, that's back when they were paying uh, for the rounds. Yeah, in the USDRC. <laughs> and I've got that video. I just I've never got it converted to digital, but but if I I can pull it out and, and do it, we'll hopefully maybe try to throw it on uh, on social media for this episode. But anyway, that was that was a highlight uh, a highlight of my roping career back then. I can tell you that still is a highlight of it, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, so then, uh, after that, um, you know, I ended up moving back up there and were, you were doing dentistry at the time then it was, was, cause that was 94, I think. Yeah, I, well, uh, I was just kind of getting into it. I, uh, I went in up, uh, when, uh, whenever I got first introduced to it, I was amazed at what they were showing me. You know, I thought I was a great horse, horseman and trainer and. I don't know, had about a hundred bits and bridles and all kinds of armed intervention in my tack room. And right. Of course I had to produce a product with whatever horse come down the pike and right. different message and deals. And I didn't understand the, all the issues that, uh, performance problems caused by bad teeth and, uh, you know, so much that the young horses go through between two and a half and four and a half, they shed 24 teeth right. coming and going. And anyway, then, uh, Oh, I had this mare. She was about 16 years old that I bought from somebody in Colorado. She had a big lump on the side, of, right side of her face, about right where the tie down went. Mm-hmm. You kind of always had to adjust that. And, uh, you remember that bay mare? Yeah, good mare. And she'd always run down the arena with her head cocked to the right, but she'd still turn in there and give you a shot and whip her head to the right every time you picked up on the bridle. And, uh, of course, Jimmy and Scott were there roping, and Terry Sell and Scott's brother and right during red bluff in that spring there and uh he said hey how, how long's that horse horse had that lump and i said well far as i know most of her life and 
nobody knows what's wrong. I said, they thought it was a broken jaw or this and that. And he said, well, uh, you mind if I look in her mouth? And so, well, he got this speculum and I, you know, I'd never been around dentistry other than, you know, somebody taking out the wolf teeth. And for whatever reason, we thought that was important. Right. Or if your horse was old, you needed to float the teeth. But so he put this device on that opened her mouth and, and uh, looked in there. And that horse had a midway back on the upper right side, had a tooth sticking straight out in the side of her cheek. And you could almost see daylight from outside to inside. It had worn a hole almost all the way through. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, there's your problem. So he got this uh, instrument. And it looked like a bolt cutter. And uh, it was it's a molar cutter. Um, and he went in there and cut that tooth off. And then he, he got a molar extractor and took the rest of it out. And uh, I, I was just amazed, you know. And so the, the lump went away. And the next day we, we rode again and roped. And about the third run down that pen, that mare, she, she was the first time in her career, I think, that she run with her head straight and looked down in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got to showing me stuff. And I run my hand up in a, another younger horse's mouth and seen all the cut cheeks and the sores from the sharp teeth and all the other problems that it hadn't explained to me performance-wise how detrimental it is, you know, not to get their teeth done. Right. And it was like uh, God slapped me in the side of the head and said, here you go, the here's your gift that I'm giving you. And, you know, it's just like, uh, this is what I knew I was supposed to do from that day on. And of course I paid them guys. I said, well, I want to learn this. And they said, well, we're going to Colorado after this, do a bunch of work over there. And I ended up paying them $2,000 to go with them to work on horses for six weeks. And uh, back then everybody was doing it by hand and no sedation, that kind of stuff. And, it's pretty rough, and my job was to they give me a a little float, hand float, and made me put a horse in the in the corner, and they said get all these sharp points off of these sides of these upper teeth. That's your job, and then after that we're going to do the rest. So, well here I go, I, and they kind of showed me how to do it, and man, I tell you, I, it was quite the deal just trying to get the float in the mouth, yet alone to do something. And for six weeks, that was my job. Every day at the end of the day, I was so wore out and beat. They want to go out and eat, go play pool. And I'm like, no, I can't <laughs> do her. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I learned a lot, you know, they gave me the books and showed me everything. And, uh, it, it, the, the equipment then was, not very good. And there's only about 60 people really in the whole world that really knew any much about it. And, uh, so, uh, that was quite interesting. And then I went and borrowed some money from uh, Scott's dad, about 10 grand years after, well, not very long after that. And, and, uh, went out on my own. I got to do my first horse with him, right? Scott, he let me do my first horse. And after that, I went out on my own and, Years later, I figured out they had given me a dull hand float. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey, I, I can't, you know, I said, how about all that time I was working on them horses? You gave me a dull, dull float to, to do all that with. And Jimmy says, well, we just wanted to see how bad you really wanted to do this. <laughs> and I was like, you suckers. Anyway, so... Uh, it's been nonstop ever since then for me. It's been an un- unbelievable career. 
And uh, I guess the first three years I kind of went out on my own from what I'd learned from them. And it was touch and go. And people would be like, oh, I'm trying to tell them, hey, your horse is going to ride better if we do this. And right. People look at me like I was crazy. And I was doing some horses for free and $35 and just trying to get horses. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, uh, I don't know, a couple of years into it three almost and you know i'd almost quit several different times because it was a struggle right. to get going get started and get people and i'll never forget the first day i i made 350 dollars one day and i got home to the house that night got down on my hands and knees in front of the couch and thank god for you know i was just <laughs> like it was amazing thing and it's been a a non-stop journey ever since it's taken me all over the world and the united states and people that I would have never, ever been in touch with and horses, famous horses I've got to see and work on it. Well, let's, and it's been 28 years now. And I ended up teaching school there in Idaho and for about 10 years, run my own school for about 10 years, taught a lot of good people and educated a lot of people, you know, in the horse industry. And over the years, changed all kinds of equipment, upgraded equipment been instrumental in all of that and it's just been it's been quite the journey for sure non-stop for years fsr cattle company has been known for their premium roping cattle used and endorsed by multiple world champions and nfr qualifiers but did you know that fsr is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels from professional team roping to the novice level A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. Well, you know, it's something you said there too and uh, about, you know, it being a struggle getting going and almost quitting and, and anything that, you know, anybody pursues and has a passion for, it, it never comes easy. I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, the way it no. is, but there's something that, you know, all the years I've known you of all, all, all the stuff I've known you've done in dentistry. And, um, and even though I knew it was important, it's, it's, uh, I never really realized it until just or how important or I really understood the, this, the mechanics of the biomechanics and stuff. Um, when I went with you here a couple weeks ago and, and, and watched what you did and as you explained it to me, uh, and I saw it, um, it, it really, it makes so much sense. And one thing you said too, it's, you know, just one of the, it, the most legit therapy or treatment for, for horses that there is. And I believe that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I was in healthcare many, many years. I've seen every kind of gimmick and thing come and go and whatever, but uh, just uh, the way you explain it. And then when you see it, and then also when you're at like Bob Avila's place and they're like, you know, this is, changes how a horse performs amazingly and and same with over at uh, todd's and whatever and we'll talk more about other people that horses that you've done but 
um, the point I'm trying to make is, I guess, uh, when I watch you work, and and again, and it, it's not easy. All I was doing was holding horses, and and that was, you know, that's kind of arduous because you're standing there all day, but then you kind of kind of hold the horse too, and of course you're schooling me around trying to train me up to uh, to do it right. But uh, the thing I really really realized, uh, you know, watching you work is. You're obsessed with doing the job right and completing it. And, and how many times when you, you, you know, do it and you check the sides, whatever, and uh, the teeth and checking the, the, the bite. And then I've go, Oh God, he's going to put that speculum back in again. He's yeah, we got to put it back in. Cause you, cause you had make sure it was right every time and just your yeah. attention to detail. And, and uh, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I knew you were dedicated. And I knew that you, you know, all, all the things you've accomplished in it were great. But then I, I really saw that, you know, being there with you and working a couple of days with you. Um, and it just was very impressive and uh, just so educational. I mean, um, anyway, I just want to brag on you there a little bit. But uh, so let's talk about some of the places you've been, um, some of the other horses you've done, um, you know, and and uh, and some of the experiences that you've had. You told me just told me uh, about the one horse when you I, I can't remember was that when you started doing Bob's horses. They had a horse and you worked on it and and uh, it just changed that horse. And after that, that you've been doing them ever since. I I, I don't remember. Just give us some examples. Or well, uh, yeah, there's just been so so many things over the years. Uh, I, I, let me kind of back up a little bit. So. Uh, throughout a horse's life, those horses' teeth grow till about seven to eight years of age in length. From then they're on, they're designed to wear away and work up into the mouth. Horses in the wild maintain their teeth because they graze and they keep their incisors or front teeth short, which keeps the molar tables tight or set tight. Mm-hmm. When a horse lowers his head to eat grass, the bottom jaw moves forward. When it head goes up, it goes back. So the, the, the back and forth motion is what keeps the teeth level front to back. Also, they have to chew side to side. They, they're not supposed to chew up and down. But in a stable environment, we take them out of their environment, bring them into our world, and we say, you have to live here. You have to eat this kind of hay. You have to eat this kind of grain. You have to. So we change their whole structure and design. So then the teeth get out of control so basically what what i do is is rebalance that mouth fit it put bit seats in where we round the upper and lower corners of the molar so the bit can't pull the tissues into it balance that mouth so you have equal pressure in the tmj through the molars and the incisors Mm -hmm. and keep that mouth in check and then do light maintenance on it every six months so over the years there's a lot of horses that in that stable environment the incisors of the front teeth get too long. So then the back molars and premolars hyper erupt, and then you get hooks and ramps and waves. And that's a lot of times why they don't want to bridle up or bit up or their the teeth get extremely sharp. And then, you know, we put brain chains and tie downs and everything like that. I'm not saying that that's not needed sometimes, but you eliminate a lot of the the problems uh, of the mouth by a horse by keeping the mouth balanced and and Mm -hmm. the temperament it changes their temperament immensely because you you get rid of the pain Um, carries the way they carry themselves with the head up or head down it can all be affected by problems of the mouth and understanding the the movement of the mouth and getting that mouth to uh, adjusted so the horses perform 
um, is amazing. I, I've, I've done Charmaine James's horses, I guess, uh, oh gosh darn, I don't know, since maybe 90, 89, 88, mm-hmm. 89, maybe, somewhere in there. And then mm-hmm. when she started doing her clinics, uh, she asked me to do all her clinics. And, and so we we would work on those, check all the horses over a three and a half day clinic. And some of those horses' mouths would be really, really bad. And we'd rebalance those horses. And almost immediately the next day, those horses change. Um, that's a, the, the biggest thing where we've seen the biggest change is because we could see it instantly. But but over the years, that's how I got a lot of my business was like, I you know, go to a barn that uh, – that I was trying to get into and say, look, I do a couple horses for free. This is what I do. Let me explain this. And, you know, you, you right. give me what you got any horses that are really giving you troubles, bitten up, bridling up, bridling, keeping their stride, their leads. I'd clean up those mouths. And about a few days later, they'd call back and say, Oh my God, this is a different horse and yeah. come back and do the rest of them. And, and, and so, <laughs> um, but you know, when, again, when I did first start after going with Scott and Jimmy, I went on to to Dale Jeffries moved his school to Idaho. And that's where Mm -hmm. I really got involved in, in learning when I started teaching and getting more involved, learning more about biomechanical function and how the mouth works and then head and neck anatomies and the structure, the skeletal structure, the body carriage. And so I guess over the years, that's that's led me to people like Bob Avila, um, Charmaine James, uh, some of the top barrel racers in the country, uh, Jackie Jotslow, Tammy Fisher, a lot of the top rainers and cutters around the, mm-hmm. the world. Um, just it's been one thing after another. Uh, horse called Highbrow Cat. I worked on that horse from the time he was four or five until. I guess he was 28 or 29 mm-hmm. and that horse is one of the most, you know, famous cutting horse producers that there is. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just, it's been an ongoing thing. It's uh, a lot of famous horses over the years. Um, been all over, and- like did a lot of race horses in, uh, in Lexington and through there, uh, seen a lot of changes in horses and people's lives in the industry. And then, you know, teaching school, teaching a lot of people, it's, it's sure, uh, it's made it a lot better for the whole industry. The industry's grown quite, Mm -hmm. quite large now and more people are aware of it. It's something hit. And I always say, if there was a zipper on the side of the cheek and everybody would unzip it and look in there on, Wednesday or Thursday, they'd all have their own little file. Oh, we got to fix this. We got to fix that. We got to enter the roping or the bell race or the cutting or the reining. And, you know, so it's right. uh, a lot of world champions that I, I've got to work on, you know, or be part of them being a world champion. Cause right. most of my barns we do every six months, light maintenance every six months is better than waiting. Cause the mouth changes, especially younger horses change, changes pretty fast. Yeah, and I, and I I noticed that. I mean, you pointed it out to me, and I the horses that that you worked on and and did, the ones that were maintenance were 
were easy to maintain. Easy and, and, to and, do, it, yeah. And they, yeah, they and then the other, yeah, and then the other ones, man, it, it was just fighting it, you know, and, and, all, and all the, a lot of work, and uh, it could really see that. The, the other thing too, you know, um, with all you know, all the well, I'm going to touch on this a little bit, you know, may may piss off a few few people, but uh, um, you know, you got a lot of uh, you know criticism and backlash at first, uh, you know, just from the veterinarian world. And, and I, I know this from being in healthcare and being a chiropractor, you know, back in the day, you know, the medical profession was, you know, against chiropractic and this and that. And, and, and nowadays, you know, I mean, with Google, everything's right out in the open. So things are what they are, but, but you had, you had uh, quite a battle, had to defend yourself and setting up your school and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I mean, there's always going to be opposition, but, but you've seen a big change in the veterinarian world in terms of their acceptance of, uh, yeah, well, we've got it in, in Texas anyway. Now we've, we've, struggled far enough along that uh if you have a 240 hours of schooling education and pass the test from the international get certified and then submit your paperwork to the vet board here we can get licenses there's still a lot of states that that you can't do or you have to do direct to supervision so on and so forth but whenever i first got into it they, nobody really cared too much because they were like, go ahead. Oh, you guys go fight with those horses. You use them hand floats. And then I'm going to say, oh, I don't even know when we, 96, we started getting some rotary equipment. And then 99, 2000, we started getting some different, better power equipment. And that's when they started getting more popular. The more people we've got out there, the more of the change. So all of a sudden, the vet industry, they decided, most of them, like, okay, well, this is our deal, and we should be doing this, and so on and so forth. And, and it, you know, I, there was a period where it was a pretty, pretty big battle and struggle, but I think after now, it, a lot of guys are getting along with the veterinarians, working more with them, and there's still right. some opposition, but it's not near as bad as it used to be. And I think right. some of them have decided they thought they would do some and decided that maybe they were easier and a little better doing what they really can do and, and leaving, you know, right. working with a dentist instead of somebody that does it full time. It's, it's not a part-time thing. Uh, this industry is no. either you're all in or, or you're, you're a hack, you know? So yeah, it, it's gotten quite a bit better and, uh, more education. Education is always, always the key. And, uh, you know, so, go ahead. Something else, something else that uh, that that I noticed too, because I never really, I mean, I I kind of just seen you know your work a few times at a glance more, but you know when I went and, and worked with you, and especially now your tools, I mean the tools that you have are super impressive, and and the the quantity of them, how many it takes, and the way you set yeah. it up, and and just all, that whole process. Um, and again, you were explaining to me how you had, you know, uh, developed uh, some of the changes in these tools and, and, uh, you know, so they function better. And, so, and I mean, you, you're really an innovator in, in equine dentistry and, uh, um, you know, and, and getting it to where it is today. Yeah. I've, I've always been one that hey, if you stay stagnant, don't change. I've never been afraid of change. Now, sometimes change was a little difficult and things went backwards for a little <laughs> bit, but it's that way in anything, but 
just over the years of, of knowing how to get. So when I do a mouth and I see it six months later and I say, oh, well, now there's this problem and this problem. And then all of a sudden you change or you do this and they're like, oh, that's much better now. And so I've always tried to figure out how to do it with less stress on the horse, less sedation mm -hmm. in a timely fashion mm -hmm. with a really, really adequate job, a real thorough, adequate job that will maintain and last itself at least six months. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there. They got two or three instruments or they one or two and uh, they're not, they don't really hurt anything, but sometimes they're not getting the horses. It's all about the horse. You put the horse first. That's right. been, that was drilled into me from Dale Jeffries. I'll never forget. I, I said, well, if I come to your school, how much more money am I going to make? And he said, uh, uh, he said, well, probably none. And if that's what you're worried about, don't come to this school. But he said, if you want to learn, come here and learn how to uh, float a horse's mouth and educate people to the, the public, to the necessity of it and, and do it for the horse first, then the people will right. pay you for what you're And I never got that. And to this day, every horse I do is for the horse first, always and foremost, always for the right. horse first. What is, what is it? What is his best for this horse? You know? And, right. and, I think that's why I've been successful because that's something that I, I've never gotten away from. And, and, uh, so over the years, why is this speculum not doing this? And if we change this or made this speculum longer, these plates wider or bent this float to, to get in this part of the mouth and that part of the mouth. So not, so right. every aspect of the mouth is detailed and fit. Um, right. And with, with comfort and ease for the horse. And and that's right. that's been a striving every day of my career. It's it's been that way. Even today, I'm I always thinking of some new different headstand or this something different or uh, you know uh, something that's less abrasive that gets the job done, tissue friendly. Some of the equipment mm -hmm. in the past, early on, gosh, if you weren't careful, you'd catch their lips and their tongue, and uh, you had blood going. It, it was Today, our equipment's pretty pretty easy to run, and and you can teach a lot mm -hmm. of people to run it. Back in the day, well, it eliminated a lot of people the way we used to do it. But today, it's 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 gotten real real good, and we have way more education and uh, studies and all kinds of different things. So, well, yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is think back you know watching you work and 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 being there with you and holding the horses because i've got i got the attention span of a two-year-old and uh you know you you are so uh just committed and thorough you know going through the mouth and then you know I, you would work and you show me here stick your hand in here and feel this and 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 showing me the 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 bit seat and and showing me how you know when uh you got a horse bridled up and you know, I never really even looked at that or thought about it as much. You know, you throw a, uh, you know, bridle on a horse and you, you know, you want to go rope, but it made so much sense. You showed how, you know, someone's pulling back on the bit, how that tissue and the cheeks can get pulled in there. And if the teeth are sharp and, and it just was really, really eye opening, and it, and it makes so much, so much sense. And, uh, yeah. so much, so much better for the horse and so much better for the rider and whatever, you know, uh, discipline you're, you're performing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's amazing what it does. You know, there's I can't over the years how many horses people fought with and or sold. You know, there's a lot 
there was one horse on there for yeah over there in California. Ray Tillman, Sis Buttry at one time. Just one mm-hmm. of the, an example that I'm thinking back on as we're talking. They had sold this really good barrel horse and won a lot. About six years down in later, this horse went from winning to not going in the gate. And just, they ended up just, horse was pretty much worthless. They, they couldn't get, nobody could get it to work. Somehow Sis ended back up with this horse or, or something, and, and they were going to sell it. And uh, uh, they were going to sell it pretty pretty cheap. And so I had been working for Sis and her husband, who's a trainer, cutting horse trainer as well. And uh, she said, well, look in this horse's mouth. It used to be really good. I opened up this horse's mouth, and it, it was unbelievably bad. It had gotten so bad. It was unbelievable. And uh, hmm. I said, I closed the mouth. I said, well, I'll give you that. I'll buy this horse right now for that. And the people are like, what, what, wait, what, why, what, why is there something <laughs> in there? And I'm like, and I should have said, no, it's not that bad, but I'll just, you know, but I did it. And I, and I said, yeah, I said, here, look, I opened up the mouth and, and showed, I mean, the, the top upper front molars had grown down, they call them hooks. It looked like vampire teeth to where the tissue, they were growing in front of the lower molars and it, the mouth was just annihilated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I, I worked on the horse, cleaned that horse up, rebalanced everything, and I did a lot of work to the horse. And three days later, that horse started going back through the gate and going through. Within two weeks, that horse was right back to where he was. <laughs> See, that there's so many stories like that, and so many people just get rid of their horses. Or This is why there's so many bits in a tax store. Over here in Teskies, you go to Teskies there in Weatherford, and there's thousands of bits and armed intervention mm-hmm. and this theory, that theory. When in all reality, if somebody takes care of that mouth and maintains it, about two or three different bridles or bits is really about all a person needs anymore. It, it makes that right. much difference. And and there's a lot of people doing it and some are really good and, and some aren't. So some people get more benefits than the others. And, but, uh, that's just the way the industry industry goes. But uh, yeah, there's there's been hundreds and oh, brood mares. I remember brood mares that people couldn't get bred anymore. They're older, their teeth get loose, they get infection in there, low grade infection in their system. They won't settle. A lot of guys figure that out, and they get those mares and clean their mouth up, maybe extract some teeth, get them healthy again. Those mares would would, would settle again. It, it's mm-hmm. it's really an amazing thing that that is uh kind of overlooked sometimes but uh, yeah it's been yeah quite quite a deal um kids you know basically i i try to i've tried to protect the and you got a lot of amateur people riding a lot of people getting into the horses that have no horse experience they just know they get a saddle they get some lessons to put a bridle on it we see at, yep. at some of Charmaine's clinics that bits be on upside down, backwards, uh, not adjusted right, you know. So, again, that's all education. But if, if I can do my job, I basically can protect the horse from an inexperienced rider in which that rider will enjoy that horse. The worst right. thing you can do is 
get a kid started on a horse with a bad mouse and they have some bad experiences or horse, you know, doesn't cooperate because of it. And then the kid loses interest or the owner, people buy a horse and they, well, last time I rode it last Sunday, it did this to me and I'm scared to get on it again. And you know, or you, you fix up that mouse and even if they have bad timing or hands, it, those horses are way more forgiving and way out. You know, a lot of horses would flip over years ago and get people hurt. And a lot of right. it, it, it comes from having a bad mouth and yeah. it's hard to look in there. It's hard for the average person to know or trust the person that you get, you know? Right. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm real adamant about the care that I give and, the long being thorough just gives it a little more longevity there's a lot of people tell yeah. everybody oh it's good for a year i don't care who does it that it was in six months there's something to do and, and if it's light maintenance then that's key because then it lasts another six months especially if somebody's making a living or going down the road paying entry fees and show showing and it, you know the money's gotten so big in the raining and the cutting and the roping and the barrel racing that it ever these people are doing everything they can to to make sure their horse performs because that's the difference in winning and losing now is horses horsepower yeah, yeah. you know yeah you know, so, and I like what you said too about about you know uh, just people inexperienced. I mean, even as much as I've you know been around horses and and ridden a lot of different horses and stuff, I, I'm not a, I'm not like a horseman really. I mean, I'm you know I know how to get a saddle on and I can you know ride a little bit, but the 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 more things you have that are going to make that horse work better, uh, it's going to keep you safer all all around. And uh, you know, it's just like you say got something wrong in that mouth and 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 like when you were talking to me when we were there too like you know you think about when you have a toothache or something's bad in your mouth then you got somebody you know jerking on a bridle or a bit in your mouth yeah it just makes a lot of sense hey now the other thing too is you you've gone you've been all over the united states uh and uh, i think you have you gone to hawaii before too no no i had a call to go to hawaii years ago when i first started and i they had six head they wanted then i got to adding up the the flight and uh cost of getting there and what I was going to get. And I just thought, so man, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I called this other guy in California that he'd been doing it a long time. And he went over there and golly, he ended up doing like 30 horses and hell, he still goes there to this day oh, man. every six months. <laughs> but I, I've been to Alaska quite a bit. And, uh, I was an experienced lady called me. She was just on me to come and do her horses, you know? And I was like, wow. I got to have at least 10 head and you got to pay my flight and pay my help and put us up and which she did. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget. We got up there to Anchorage and they pick us up. We go on to Palmer. I don't even know what time it was. It was in the summer. Mm -hmm. We go to work and I'm thinking, what kind of, you got about eight, nine, 10, we're getting done. I said, man, I wonder if we, well, I said something about lunch. She said, lunch. She said, it's 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I, I said, what? Because it looked like it was about noon at 10. It never did get, get dark, you know, yeah. first part of June. I said, That's funny. So anyway, it kind of grew to, they talked me into going in, in November one time, shortly after. And I thought, well, all right, you know, mm. shit, it never got light. 
<laughs> it get light about 10 o'clock, about two in the afternoon to get dark and the snow blowing and cold, but they had heated barns and that was the last time for me to winter. <laughs> yeah. But I kept going and then it got to the point where it took, uh, my, myself and another dentist and two other assistants. And I think the last time we did almost 300 horses, we were there about three weeks. Oh my God. And, uh, it was pretty fun though. We got to rodeo. Those people were pretty gracious about letting us use their horses to compete and they do have some rodeos up there and that kind of thing yeah it, it it got to where people were really happy with how their horses were changing and working you know they have a short time time frame to to ride right and uh and then through the schools i had people come from some veterinarians from the netherlands come and germany and they went to our school and I got invited to go over there and work with them. So I got to go to Germany quite a bit and Netherlands, Ireland, uh, students from overseas coming and invite us over there and put us up and work with them. And it's been a amazing, amazing journey. And then all over the United States, we've been, I'm pretty sure just about every state in the union, mm-hmm. uh, almost positive, but, now, uh, now I got, I got, I try I gotta, to, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to stick closer to home now so I can rope a little more. I used to rope all the time. Now it's, boy, I barely get to rope. So. Well, that, that's because you, you work like a beast um, and you love your work. But, hey, I got I got to tell this because I remember we were talking about, you know, places you've gone. And you were telling me about <clears throat> being in Kentucky, doing a lot of racehorses and stuff. And then uh, there you had a – was it a prince or somebody from uh, Dubai that wanted you to – to, oh yeah, yeah. The, the sheik from <laughs> Dubai. He has his yeah. plane park there, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I I went to school in a reservation there in North Dakota, so I I didn't make it all the way through school. It was a little <laughs> little hardcore for me, and I well, I decided I I left home. Yeah, whatever. And uh, uh, you know, I was always an outside guy, and school was not good for me. And right, I didn't know nothing about. Dubai or anything and I'm so right. I'm over there working and and twice twice I was asked to go to Dubai to do the Sheik's horses and they right. were going to pay cash fly me there put me up and that's of course when the the uh what was the Gulf War or whatever uh yeah back in the early 90s war, or, or yeah or, whatever war Afghan no the Gulf De- War I Desert, guess yeah Desert Storm whatever and I, it was and yeah I, and I just envisioned myself and my help going across the desert in <laughs> jeeps to a tent <laughs> in in the heat and it may get blown up and shot uh, uh that's a, i had no clue about dubai until years later i seen a a deal and maybe <laughs> on uh, some tv show about dubai and i was like are you kidding me yeah yeah i did uh, not have a clue so i i missed missed out on that deal yeah. but uh, uh i i had to laugh about that that's though. how smart i am <laughs> no you're a pretty smart yeah. guy you just you just had a little hay in your hair uh, on yeah. that, on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I'm now next time. I'll, I won't mess that opportunity, but yeah. it's all uh, good. Uh, yeah. Now, did you, did you, did you do some horses in, in California too for, um, Oh gosh. I don't know if I'm remembering this right. Uh, like, wasn't it like the Hearst family barn or something? Did you do for horses? Oh for yeah. We used to do the, the Hearst corporation horses there. Woodside and the Jack Ranch and the, uh-huh. uh, oh, what's the other, uh, 
I'm starting to get my memories getting old. Uh, yeah, Phoebe Hurst, Jack Cook, uh, they run the Jack Ranch, and then the San Simeon Ranch there too. Gosh, I forgot oh, yeah. all, all about those. All the way up and down the coast from Washington yeah. to L.A. Yeah. Uh, you know, every all the trainers and individual people, and um, yeah, it's uh, been something for sure. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition, the brand built on grit, determination, and perseverance. Modern Cowboy products are designed to increase stamina and strength, build lean muscle mass, and promote healing and pain relief. For more information and to order products, visit our website, moderncowboy.global, and use our podcast listener special code, ModernCowboy15, at checkout for 15% off Very all cool, our man. products and apparel. Well, hey, we're, we're, we're burning up almost an hour now. We're, we're going into joe rogan podcast time um so uh i just i, I'm, hey, I, I'm got, I got one funny one funny story about dennis you know uh, you see a lot of things going up and down the road and traveling and right uh met a lot of amazing people but I, and then a lot of stuff's happened along the way and and uh I, this one time we was in red bluff and I'll never forget, uh, I was working for a lot of individuals in this nice barn, pretty tall barn, long barn, and people were hauling horses in there, and there was a lady, an uh, elderly lady, and she was a little heavier set, and she, she had to spend a lot of time in a wheelchair, and it was kind of winter and cold. and uh, <laughs> She's bundled up, had one of them caps on with the ear flappers and a you know, furry cap with it, it flip up in the front. Right somebody brought her mares there for me to do and they were at the end we did all the other people's and there's bales lined up along where people were visiting and sitting and of course i got done with her first mare and she's sitting in the middle of the alleyway and this barn's pretty tall and yeah, good thing anyway she's petting <laughs> on her horse while it's, it's waking up from the sedation kind of having it in her lap and petting on it uh we get her next horse done and, and she wants to put this other, this first horse around behind her so she can pet on it and give it some treats and then get the the next one in front of her till it wakes up. So we help her out, get get the one behind her. She got the lead rope over her shoulder and she's got this other one we just got done in front of her and she's petting on it and petting on the back one and she's just happy as could be. And I'm sitting there right beside her, five feet away, doing a dental chart on the horse and Next thing I know, oh, the the lady that owned the place, she says, "Hey, I got a new new little mini. Do you all want to see my new little mini?" And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, bring the mini in, bring the mini in." She goes outside and comes around through the walkthrough door, and comes in this this mini, and it's a little mini stud, and this thing is on its back legs, squalling and hollering, and it's got old Humphrey banging around there, and I mean just carrying on and that mare that was behind this lady drops her head down and pokes forward and sticks the handle of her wheelchair right through the nylon halter well the mare lifts up and it binds it binds in that wheelchair handle and this mare rears straight up to the rafters and took this lady in that wheelchair (laughs) right up to the roof with her and I'm looking up and she's hanging on to this wheelchair <laughs> and it's tilted and she's got both handles and she's looking down at me and I'm looking up at her and I'm thinking, Oh my God. <laughs> and the mare comes down 
and rears back up again, and this time halfway up, the lady flips out of the wheelchair right down on the concrete, and the mare comes oh, back no. down with the wheelchair, runs over the top of her, and, no. <laughs> and I'm thinking, we're going to have to call 911, and it, there's horse, there are other mares running around. The, mare, the wheelchair finally flies out of the halter. I don't know how, but it did. And this lady comes crawling over towards me, and I, I pick her up, and she her hat's all bent sideways and cocked off, and that <laughs> that mirror flaps, and she looks up at me and smiles, and I was like, I just died, like I I couldn't believe she was okay, and I I just busted up laughing, and I helped her get set up and squared away, and I was like, wow, that, no, there's no way no one would ever believe this, but we had several witnesses, so. Yeah, there's oh, a lot man. of stuff over the years and, and some strange people that have horses that I've met, uh, different situations. And, uh, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a journey, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's uh, I'm 62 years old, and I, I still do it every day yeah. and uh, wow. loving it. That's so funny. So man. maybe someday I might get back to teaching again, but right now I just, I'm just content just going spending time with people and educating them and doing their horses and helping people. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of people that I get, it's, it's enjoyable to, when you watch the NFR and you have three or four clients that are at the NFR or you, you have several, you know, top rainers and cutters that make it to the world or win world championships. It's just, I should have kept a, I wish I'd have kept a scrapbook and pictures over the years, but I just, I have very few pictures of some famous horses and there's tons of other ones I, I should have, but every, those horses have been, uh, my voice for, for years and, yeah. uh, my hat's off to them and, 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 you know, for God, for giving me the gift. I mean, it truly was a gift. I, you know, I say I quit school, but, uh, you know, you, you never know. I realized years later, I, uh, my whole upbringing and love for horses was led into this dentistry. So my education, I spent my whole life around horses right. and learning about them and to be able to get around some bad horses, which a lot of people to this day can't. So right. I was groomed with my horsemanship skills all my whole life up to the dentistry and still even after. Right. So really I was going to college and school. It was just something I didn't realize until that day I, Got the first stick my hand in a horse's mouth. Absolutely. You know, so quite the quite the deal. You know, I was really blessed to to find my. You know, everybody looks for their that one thing, and, and oh, yeah. I, you know, it it happened to me. Yeah. Because so. a lot of people don't ever find it. You know. Again, no. Lot, no. You know, and and I, uh, I really thought I wanted to be a horse trainer all my life, which I did, and I was okay and did a lot, you know all right, but. I thought when I got in there, I'm like, you know, there's hundreds and thousands of trainers, but nobody knows about this. Like I said, there's only about 60 people in the world at the time. About six of them knew what they were doing. Right. And, uh, it, it, it's just, it's just, I don't think it could stop if, if I wanted it to, it couldn't stop, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's been grand. And, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's been good. Well, and yeah, glad to know you too, because you know, uh, you I, you've introduced me to a lot of people over the years I'd have never got to know and whatnot. So, 
Yeah, um, well, it's, it's likewise, you know. Actually, I, I don't think I'd have won the Oakdale 10 steer if it wouldn't have been for you working on my shoulder and, and, and my back because <laughs> I was having problems then. And you give me the therapies and fix me up, and I did all that work, and uh, it paid off because I, I did it right up till we went, you know. Yep. yep. So, absolutely. Yeah, quite the deal. So, yeah, you've been a big influence in my life too, as far as oh, and your motivation that you had, that you know, that you motivated motivated me a lot, you know, uh, over the years because you are a great speaker and taught me how to deal with people and that kind of stuff, and so. Yeah, been been good. It's been yeah, great. Well, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, and I, and it goes both ways, man. And and uh, you know, there's there's more funny stories we have. Maybe we'll have to we'll have to uh, uh, get together and 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 do another podcast here in in the yeah in in the future. Hey, but I always ask everybody on the podcast um, because I mean, you you know, you are a cowboy and. Uh, do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hat? I know you. I know you have trouble getting hats to fit you. And I, I've, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, 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 the only brand of cowboy hat I ever known was Resist Oller Bailey, and I think I have one of each. One straw hat, one felt hat. I see the last felt hat I bought was at the Bob Feist. Uh, I don't even know nineteen old dirt. Still have it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, pretty funny. But I mean, it's in good shape. I've taken care of it. But yeah, I haven't worn hats much here lately. They they kind of don't work for me doing dentistry. They kind of get in the way a little bit. That's true. Well, I wore mine the whole time. I was I was I was with yeah, you. Yeah, no, course, yeah, course, yeah. No, of course, I I wasn't doing dentistry. I was I was just I was just yeah. old horses. I, I have several students. I see them doing long. They wear long sleeve shirts and, and the cowboy hat doing their teeth. I'm like, how, and they don't even get dirty. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just <laughs> filthy every day when I'm done. I don't know what the heck, you know. Yeah. Pretty funny, but yeah. yeah I I just as far as a favorite, I I don't know. I I don't know that I have a favorite. Uh, how about boots? I know there's about- a lot of hat companies now out there that I don't know nothing about, but. Well, I've told you you need to you need to go over and see uh, Clint Herring there. He's right right out of Weatherford yeah, Springtown yeah, spring yeah. there. Have him, have him Yeah, I probably will. Him. I'm due Christmas. Might do get myself a new hat after get yeah. get over the coronas here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How about <laughs> boots? How about cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of cowboy boots? I'm trying to remember over the years even what you wore. Probably Justin's. I don't know. Rod Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. They those are the best. I. I, I, I can't tell you, I've had them resold. The, the one that I ride in, those mm-hmm. things fit my feet like a glove. I love those boots. And, uh, yeah, if I, so for me, that's what I'm going to buy nowadays. Rod Patrick's hey, for sure. So you know him then, huh? Oh yeah. 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 I've done his whole rope with him, done his horses. And yeah, over at Casey Deary's, we've, uh, we've done Casey Deary's horses for years as well. It's all third, third high, high, high uh, money earner in the reigning. So you're going to hook me up with but, him now, so I so I can get some boots too, right? Sure, with Rod, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm please keep him healthy. What's wrong with him? Oh well, I think he gets in and out of the hospital every once in a while. Don't quote me on that, but I see okay. on Facebook sometimes he gets. Right. Up. But everybody's getting older. 
yeah, oh, yeah. we're not gonna, just we're gonna not, keep him healthy we're, we're gonna do like uh uh but he told me he sold that company to somebody in fort worth they've been running it now so he's not making still called rod patrick no right uh -uh. gotcha how how about cowboy movies? What's your favorite cowboy movie? Oh gosh, Clint Eastwood movies and John Wayne movies. There you go. Uh, those are my favorites, for sure. Tombstone, I like Tombstone pretty good. Yeah, it's a good flick. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the old westerns. Yes, sir. Well, hey Randy, we better we better uh, bring this thing to an end. If we. I don't know. We maybe got off on a tangent or two, but uh, I'm glad I finally oh, yeah. got. I'm glad I finally got you on here, dude. And uh, I, I had a great time when you were up here here a few weeks ago and going out with you and helping you. And I actually actually did a podcast with Todd uh, B Man. Yeah. Um, and so I got his, his will be getting published here too as well. Great well, I was guy glad too. you helped me because I I can't do it by myself. <laughs> well, man, I'll tell you. I, I'll tell you what. It, that's it. It's that is not easy work. I mean, you no. are, it's an athletic event and, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it definitely is, uh, I, I think you saw that. Did you see a little video I did? Um, I put it on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It's good. About, uh, rolling your sleeves up, man. That's, you definitely got to roll your sleeves yeah. up for that. That's for sure. Yeah, sir. Yeah. You got to stay hooked. It, it, yeah. it tests you every single day, every horse it tests you. Yeah. You, yeah. There, you got to. Whatever that song is, you got to dig a little deeper or what. I can't even think of that song, but it's kind of, when it gets hard, you just keep getting going. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, I'd like to thank all the people who helped me along the way and you. And, and for sure, I want to thank all the horses and, and God. And uh been you a great bet. journey. And thanks for, for letting me share. Yep. And it, and you got a lot more journey to come, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming. And then and then probably what'll end up happening, we'll we'll probably end up uh winning like the number ten or nine in the World Series here in the not too distant future, yeah. right? That's that'd be the yeah, thing. You'd have sure. you you'd have to head though. So Oh no. I'm giving up head. Okay. <laughs> I like the healing. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe if I get my shoulder fixed someday I'll I go to back to heading again. But yeah, you need to get that shoulder fix. That's for sure. Yeah. That's next on the list. Yeah. All right, brother. Hey, man, it was good, All right. good, uh, good catching up, and then uh, we'll be in touch. And and All right. Hat. Talk to you soon, Dan. Thanks. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock. And I sit down a cooler, I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies 
kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. You were always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives, half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pain. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins. Down at the rope and pain. Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the rope and pin. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the rope and pin. Down.